This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. How do you want to be loved? And is it akin to how your partner expresses their love towards you? Well, did you know that understanding and exploring the concept of love languages can enhance communication and emotional connection in relationships? I'm Dashran Johan and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is Rosie Kalej. She's a licensed and registered counsellor. Welcome to the show, Rosie. How are you? I'm good, Dashran. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So I just want to um, start this conversation by asking you, um, what are love languages exactly? Well, to put it simply, it's how people express their love, how they speak love, right? So there are very different love languages, as you all know. There's spending quality time together, uh, words of affirmation, acts of services, you know, things like touch as well, Mm -hmm. touch and gifts. So those are some of the different love languages that we see the top five. Yeah. Right. Um, why are they important to maintain healthy relationships? Do you think that uh, it is important in the first place to maintain healthy relationships, understanding love languages? Well, I don't think they are that important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think it does give people an added information. And they think mm-hmm. about the, 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 uh, this love language, right? It's put in such a simple manner that people Mm -hmm. can actually understand what it is people can relate to it so they find it very relevant right so it gives you an added information like how some companies uses uh mbti for personality assessment right yeah but there's much more than just that in relationships in communication in love right and the thing about love language um the five love languages Um, The research says that, you know, whether or not it matters, whether it predicts marital satisfaction is still inconclusive. Right. There's like partial support. So there's some research that says like, yes, it's important, but there's also research that says that it doesn't predict marital satisfaction Right. Or relationship satisfaction. Mm. Right. So from your perspective, right, um, when you and you approach your clients and things like that, how um, you know, do do you get people asking you about love languages and how often do you sort of apply these theories in trying to solve um, you know, relationship problems and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. A lot of my mm-hmm. couples clients <laughs> talk about their <laughs> love languages. Even I for me, I mean I do use it as well every now mm-hmm. and then. But Again, it's not the the I I think it's a small portion of the whole thing. It's just the tip of an iceberg, you know. Um, I think there's a lot more things to discuss about in a couples therapy. Things like attachment styles, communication styles. Some people withdraw. Some people like to pursue. Pursue means you know they they want to express more and more right. in, in sessions so communication styles and um i think those are more important they are more important things right like intimacy for example what is intimacy mm-hmm. right and intimacy often revolves around whether the couple feels safe enough whether they have trust whether there's emotional availability you know so there's more than just love language lah right so what would you say is the imp- like you know what would you say is like 
um, the purpose of love, understanding love languages? What can they help you sort of um, navigate or help you solve? I think it's a good starting point, mm. that's for sure. You know, I think it's a good starting point to know what's important to your partner. So it's a good introduction to go into something that's deeper, like whether you have an unmet needs and why these things are very meaningful to you, you know. Um, so just because you know the other person's love language, right, doesn't mean you have good communication. Right. Doesn't mean you can communicate good. What doesn't mean you have connection as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I know my husband's love language is acts of service. Am I doing it? Are we connected? Is right. he emotionally available? So there are other things like empathy, mm. acceptance of each other's flaws, you know, um, taking interest in their life or taking showing interest in things that's uh, meaningful to them. You know, right. so those are some of the other things that's important as well. Right. So how can understanding love languages help improve communication and connection between partners? Do you think it helps improves communication and connection? To a certain level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I tell you that my love language is gifts, for example, right? right? Um, and you take it very literally. Mm-hmm. So you just buy any kinds of gifts. But these gifts are not even thoughtful gifts. Right. Right. So does that serve the purpose? Mm. Right. Uh, does it improve communication? Communication, I think, is a broad topic on its own, right? People have different communication styles. Sometimes they have different triggers and all that. So I think communication, whether love language improves communication, I think it helps to a certain extent to Mm -hmm. understand why this is important to the other person. Um, So for example, if I grew up being showered with gifts, right, and then as I grew up as an adult, I realized, no, that was... That's not what I want right now because mm-hmm. that's what I had as a child. And what I want right now is maybe quality time because that's what I didn't have as a child. Right. I would communicate with my husband that this is what I want right now. And this is important for me because I never had that and I would like to have that right now. So I think in terms of communication, it would help the other person to give you what you need. Lah. Mm. How can someone determine their primary love language? Like, for example, how do I know, like earlier you listed down, you know, there's touch, there is uh, acts of services, there's quality time. Um, how, how would I be able to determine what's mine? There's a quiz online. <laughs> there's a quiz online. Uh, but sometimes people think um, they know what's important to them, right? They know what's um, valuable to them. But I think the best way to know it is to observe your behavior, to pay attention to your behavior and what makes you happy or what fulfills your needs. And I think this is where self-awareness has to come in now. Right. Really spending time with yourself, actually. So before even talking about relationships, I feel like it's so important to have a relationship with yourself first. Mm. Right. So it requires you to to sort of understand um, yourself. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what influences people to be inclined towards one love language or another. So for example, like myself, I did take mm. the, the one of the quizzes that were, was available online. And mine, it says like the, the highest is uh, quality time, follows followed by, I think, acts of services. Um, even words of affirmation is very important to me. But gifts literally came up to 0%. 
like for me, he just came out to flat out zero, which is a, a bit imbalanced there in that sense. But I'm wondering what influenced me to have like, let's say, quality time at the right on top and then like gifts like right at the bottom, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are many factors mm. for sure. Whether it's the upbringing, the home environment, the culture, society, TV shows, Disney shows. Right. <laughs> you know, I think there's so many factors. And I, of course, it's also your values. What are mm. your values? What are your belief systems? You know, those are very important too. Those that make you, you, your personality, you know. And also talking about culture talking about culture if back in the days the culture views a man bringing a hit of a wild boar as an right. act of love <laughs> <laughs> then that becomes what love is right. right but in a more materialistic culture where you know a tesla is valued more <laughs> then the acts of love equates to the husband getting the wife a tesla la. right uh, but that's culture and and sometimes it it happens very subconsciously to to all of us right so maybe quality time also is something that you prioritize because whether it's your environment whether it's your personality whether it's your upbringing and they are all interconnected internally and externally right so when we say culture could it be like various things like how our parents expressed our love to yeah. us and then we carry that forward so for example again just using myself as an example then perhaps you mm. can give like other examples as well um you know growing up in my family of we did exchange gifts and things like that but gifts buying things material objects was never emphasized as you know this means love you know when i when we think about gifts and and all of that it's it's all it's it's discussed in a very normal kind of way compared to other things like let's go out and seek experiences let's spend time like things that were emphasized is mm. like families must sit around the dinner table family we must mm. go for like uh, you know vacation at least like once or twice a year regardless mm. of how um well to do we are you know if we are we have more a little bit more money you can go slightly better vacation otherwise simple one also can so these were like in, like sort of uh, emphasized when i was growing up right experiences more than material objects so i'm wondering if those kind of elements um influence how you send and receive love absolutely 100% so your family values that's what i'm hearing mm. your family values and you carry that forward with you right and what is important to you so you've been taught that spending time together and, uh, as a family is important right so time quality time spending time together becomes something that's important or there are other people who never had that mm. right so growing up they were showered with gifts and to us to i mean for a long for a very long time they attached love with gifts or the amount uh, of gifts or the, the price of the mm. gifts. Um, then later they find out, no, you know, there's like a void. It doesn't fulfill their needs. And they realize it's maybe word of affirmation because they never had that. Right. And maybe if you grow up in a more Asian, traditional Asian family <laughs> where your mother or father um, up not that great at giving words of affirmation maybe that's what you look for as an adult right right mm. so so that's very interesting so it could be something that you um you know grew up with and you want to carry forward or have subconsciously carried forward or it could be something that you didn't grow up with 
and has Correct. been miss, missing from your life and you want that. I think that's very, very interesting. On the show with me today is Rosie Kalik. She's a licensed counsellor. After the break, I ask her what couples can do to navigate the challenge of having different love languages. Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashan Johan. And on the show with me today is Rosie Kale. She's a licensed counsellor and we're talking about love languages. So Rosie, are there any common challenges that arise when partners have different love languages? Common challenges, I think it's there definitely, mm. right? Difficulty in understanding each other or empathise. So if, you know, my love language is A, and my husband's love language is B, then maybe he doesn't understand how to give A to me. Right. Or I don't understand how to give B. Because it's it's like it's like I'm used to cooking Chinese food, <laughs> you know, and I probably struggle making Indian food because right. I'm not familiar with the spices. I don't mm-hmm. know what what the spices are. I don't know how to blend them together, you know. But but I have to stress this, right? Research does not support this. Um as in Research does not support that there are going to be challenges when you have different love languages, not necessarily. Right. For, for, for as long as you receive the preferred love language, then it can lead to a relationship satisfaction. Right. But again, again, yes, some research found this to be, even this to be inconclusive, meaning you can have love languages, you can receive the preferred love language, but still not be happy or still be happy. Right. right? So it can be, it can go both ways. Right. Absolutely. Mm. So would you say that, I think that you brought up something interesting there, while it is not 100% conclusive, I think mm. you, you, you talked about how there's more weight about, not to say like you need to have same love languages as a couple, but be able to understand and give that if, so if your partner requires this, it doesn't mit- matter what your love language is, as long as you mm. are, you know, fulfilling their love language, how they want to receive and, and, and vice versa, that is more important than having same love languages. Would you say that that's correct? Mm, yes, 100%. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Yes. Um, because one of the things that I tend to just base on my observation, even talking to friends and all, you have, uh, you know, you, this thing where let's say friend, uh, person A is saying that I don't know why my partner is saying like I, I I don't love them you know I buy for them all these things you know I'm spending like so much money for example just using one yeah. one uh, aspect as an example right um, yeah. but then the, the partner is like no but I want so and so is that that sort of um, discrepancy where let's say one yeah. person is giving love through either it could be buying things, it could be, let's say, quality time, for example. But the other person is like, no, I want you to verbally spell out that, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, you love me, that you take, that you care about me, that I'm doing good, that I look yeah. good and things like that. Maybe the person wants uh, words of affirmation. Do you, do you uh, go uh, like have clients with, with these problems? Yeah, yeah, I think that's quite common. <laughs> it's quite common. I mean, firstly, uh, is the is the Indian cooking and the Chinese cooking, <laughs> right? So I think sometimes people are not familiar with right. cooking something that they're not used to. Mm-hmm. I think that's one. And I think 
A second one also, uh, we were talking about, I think, being detailed in your one. So, for example, if it's a gift, for mm-hmm. example, because I think gift is the easiest yep. <laughs> to give an example, right? <laughs> but if you give me something that is so not thoughtful, something that I will not use, something that I don't even find it pretty, then it kind of defeats the purpose, mm-hmm. right? So, I think being specific with even the words of affirmation. You can't just say, oh, you know, um, you did such a great job today. Mm, great job in what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Uh, you know, I noticed something's different with you today. Okay. What? What, what is it? <laughs> you know? Because even, even when it comes to parenting, when we give you know, all these praises to our kid, mm-hmm. right? We talk about their behavior specifically. We talk about specific stuff. So I think even words of affirmation when it comes to adults also, I think there has to be some level of thoughtfulness being specific you know and i think more importantly is this self-awareness you need to know first what you want what you like before you can even communicate that to your partner you know and of course i think your partner will also probably take some time to practice that and get familiar with that you know and more importantly is empathy empathizing and understanding, putting yourself in the, your partner's shoes and understand why this is important to your mm-hmm. partner. You know? Right. Um, I think that is the deeper level that we always try to achieve la, in therapy session. But I'm just going to add a little bit more, right? Yeah. That's right. Sometimes when it comes to communication, mm-hmm. right? And then I think what's more important is knowing that couples have similar patterns when they talk. Right. <laughs> this is where the problem comes in. When person A says, I feel disconnected. Uh-huh. I feel you are not emotionally available. And then person B might take that defensively and try to rationalize it without understanding it. Right. Or try to understand it just to rationalize it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Then, then person A will also retend it or tries to explain her situation. And then the next thing you know is like a World War Three coming <laughs> or right. a Cold War. I don't know. Yeah. So I think the communicating part, you know, where you're expressing what's important to you and what I feel about you in this relationship, that is very important. Lah. How can partners effectively communicate their love languages? And I'm wondering if there are any strategies um, for bridging the gap between partners with different love languages. Um, let's say if you have a situation where, you know, person A is saying, I don't feel loved. And then person B is like, but I, you know, I, I, I'm praising you all the time. Or I'm like <laughs> doing, doing a specific thing. And like, you know, because perhaps person for that person B um, mm. how they received love from their family is like you know maybe like you know it's just like every time there's it's about expensive gifts for example or whatever and then person be saying but I'm doing the same thing I'm giving you know how like my parents used to shower with me with love now I'm mm. showering my partner with love um, and but they don't seem to be you know they're, they're saying that I don't love them enough and, and things like that so how would you um, advice in terms of this um, to, for effective communication and, and uh, strategies? So in therapy, we would ask this, this is my favorite question, la. even with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, can, what can we do differently? 
What can right. you do differently? So if the person that says, you know, this is not what I want, you know, I still feel disconnected. And the question is, what can be done differently? You know, um, or what would you like to see different? Right. And I think there is that. Right. And there's also this, this, I think this other aspect of, you know, what is not enough mm. and my unmet needs. Am I relying everything on my partner? Right. So we have to be very careful. There's like a very fine line there, you know, where we're co-depending on our partner to give us the validation all the time. Mm-hmm. And validation may not come in a form of words. It may come in a form of gifts. It may come in a form of touch, right. you know, to validate you that you're good enough. You know, and sometimes if your love language, for example, uh, is touch mm-hmm. and you perceive touch as you being loved, being special, you know, um, intimacy as part of of that validating your boosting your self-esteem and all that right so i think there's some codependency that we need to be very mindful and careful of that we're relying 100 percent on our partner to provide us that and that's when it becomes an issue in a relationship right and mm. on the flip side how would you also let's say for example if partner one of the partner partner a says you know their love language is perhaps um, words of affirmation or let's say even um you know touch for example they like to be you know they are, they are the very like you know like mm. they like to be hugged they like to hold hands and so on and so forth right but then you have the partner b who perhaps grew up in a setting um watching couples in, in you know in his upbringing his family or whatever being very stoic you know they don't express themselves that way they yeah. don't they don't talk they don't express verbally like so the words of affirmation part doesn't come you know or they are not really like the yeah. touchy feely kind of people they don't hold yeah. hands and and so on and so forth but it's it's not like an unhealthy relationship in that yes. relationship is healthy to them yes so now this partner is growing up and they are also very stoic and blah, blah, blah. But the other partner is like, no, I need I need you to tell yeah. me, you know, like these things. So I need you to hold my hands and, and so on and so forth. How would you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we maybe you have someone that's very touchy and then I have another person that's very not touchy. Yeah. And how do you navigate this, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And uh, in therapy, we try to first right. understand, right? What does it mean for the other person to have touch? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to the other person who does not want to touch? Maybe the other person feels threatened, violated. You know, you want to know on the deeper level, what does that mean to the other person? And the right. person who doesn't get touch also, I mean, doesn't have to quote-unquote touch. Right. You know, does the person perceive that as a form of rejection? Mm. And 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 um, does the partner feel insecure about that? So there won't be any issue if one person wants touch, other one doesn't want touch. But it's a, a relationship where both people feel secure and they know they love each other. And, and it's okay, right? And maybe they will compromise their times they will talk about when we can do the touch or when it's okay or when you know i'll I'll assign to you that i i'm tapped out like i can't be touched right now (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, so again the communication part right but how it's being communicated again it's not about i always say this couples fight but it's not about the fights it's about how you fight 
So in this sense, it's about how you talk about it, right? How you talk about it, but not just I want touch, I don't want touch, I want touch, but I don't like it. It's not that. That is very surface level, right? You know, you need to go deeper than that to talk about why is this important to you and empathize, 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 empathize. So like in my earlier example about person A and person B having this argument right there's no empathy there there's no providing that safe space to either person to be heard to be you know understood right and and i think that's usually where the issue comes out lah mm-hmm. i think that's really wonderful advice now you know when it comes to love languages um in general pop culture in, in most people when they talk about it they're specifically talking about um, romantic relationships um, whether married or unmarried but i'm wondering mm. if this, this concept these theories can be used to strengthen other types of relationships whether it's friendships family dynamics and so on and so forth i think to a certain extent mm. again love language is still the tip of an iceberg right, right? so you know, for example, if I know my mom-in-law loves receiving gifts, mm. you know, then I think me giving her gifts would make her feel good, right. make her feel appreciated. Because if that's her love language and, mm-hmm. and maybe if she doesn't feel acknowledged enough and when someone does that, you know, she feels appreciated, right? But of course, I think there's also insufficient research to support whether, you know, this can strengthen a relationship. Um, because it's still like the tip of an iceberg. Right. Because there are other things like attachment style, childhood trauma, mm-hmm. you know, trust, um, intimacy, all of that, right? Well, everything that we've talked about, um, there are things that are more important to also strengthen the relationship. So to answer your question, maybe to a certain extent. Right. And it's also, I think you bring, like, I I like that you keep emphasizing that it's just the tip of the iceberg. Because whether it's like, say, even a friendship, and mm. or like you brought up, like, you know, your in-law likes receiving gifts. But let's say, okay, let's say my in-law likes receiving gifts and I give them. But then the rest of the time, I'm like such a terrible, you know, <laughs> in-law. It's still not going to like solve anything. It's not going to like change yeah. the real situation, right? Precisely. Precisely. Right. So just because you follow it literally, <laughs> doesn't mean it solves anything. Doesn't mean your, your communication is good. Right. Doesn't mean there's emotional connection. No. Mm. It's just, again, the tip of an iceberg. Like I said, it's like an MBTI that all these companies are <laughs> doing <laughs> to assess your personality. Added information. But does it solve anything? No. Right. Not really. You have to go deeper than that. All right. Before we wrap this conversation up, what advice would you give individuals or couples who are struggling to understand and communicate their love languages effectively? I think there are many advices I would mm-hmm. give. <laughs> but um, you need to also see what's the barrier, you right. know? And sometimes this is not easy for couples to figure out. So talk to someone, talk to a therapist. Um, secondly, again, love language is just a tip of the tip of an iceberg, you know, but it's a good way of starting a conversation. So if you don't know what to talk about and you know there's something going on in your relationship, start with that also can, no problem. Um, I think thirdly is self-awareness. A mm. lot of times, a lot of times, problem comes in because of the lack of self-awareness. 
And then you tend to project it onto your partner or you don't realize things that's happening within the relationship because of that lack of self-awareness. Right. So even with that lack of self-awareness, you may not also know what you want from that right. relationship. Um, that creates more barrier between you and your partner. I think you need to first love yourself before you you can even like love someone else or expect mm-hmm. the other person to love you. Yeah, I think on that wonderful note, Rosie, thank you so much for talking to me today. No worries, Dashan. That was Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed and registered counsellor. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.